You're listening to the Ollie at UNT podcast, recorded at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas, where we offer courses, events, and more for intellectually curious adults age 50 and better. To learn more about our program, please visit our website, olli.unt.edu. Now, let's join our host, Ollie at UNT member, Susan Supak, as she sits down for a conversation with one of the people who makes our program so special. This is Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, known to most of us as Ali. I'm speaking with Donna Zalisco McLaughlin, co-chair of the Ali at UNT Theater Group with Jonathan Hall and chair of the Great Books Book Club Special Interest Group. Donna was born and raised in Chicago. She majored in English as an undergraduate, appropriately enough, with a minor in history. Her graduate degrees were in reading, again, that sounds very fitting, and counseling and psychology. After 40 years in the world of education, in pre-K through college in Texas and Illinois, Donna has worked as a teacher, school counselor, and administrator. She's held a variety of jobs including a rape crisis counselor for what later became Friends of the Family and as a crisis intervention counselor with the Denton Medical Reserve Corps, actually helping victims of the Katrina hurricane. Since her retirement, Donna has served on the local board for the Texas Retired Teachers Association, TRS is what it's called, and has participated in state conventions that focus on educating state legislators on the importance of the TRS defined benefit pension plan and the TRS care health care system. And Donna is also involved with the League of Women Voters. Welcome, Donna. Oh, it's great to be here. It's so good to have you here. I understand you were a charter member of Emeritus College. Can you talk a little bit about how you first became involved with Emeritus and hence Ollie? Well, that was a long time ago, it seems. 2007, I had just retired in 2006, and there were notifications in the local newspaper, and I had contacted Marilyn at Wagner, and she confirmed that it definitely sounded like an opportunity I wanted to get involved in because it was lifelong learning, and I had always pursued interest areas that just seemed exciting and different than what I did necessarily on my job. So that appealed to you? Going on and learning more beyond your retirement. Exactly. And it was the opportunity to get involved and to switch gears from everything I had done in my career. Because being focused on the work or the job that I was doing meant that I had to give up certain parts of hobbies that I had. And reading was a hobby for me. It's one thing to read because it's job-oriented and you're looking for information. And that's reading is important. But it's another type of reading that's just pure entertainment. It's an emotional outlet because that was the significant part of my life in terms of choosing education as my field. Reading was always important. It made such a big difference in my life. This Emeritus College just seemed to be a natural fit. So as chair of the Great Books Book Club, you've certainly been able to follow through with what it is that you really love to do. Very much. And I didn't start off as the chairperson. There were other individuals who had to let go because of life's changes, even in retirement. 
And the, the group has definitely changed over the years. We started in 2007. There may have been 20 people's names on the list, but usually six to 10 people will show up given what's going on in a particular month. Group is flexible that way. We meet at the library, the Denton South Public Library, so that gives it individuals an opportunity to stay in town, which has been important for members. We've changed times. When we first started, we were called the new Great Books Club because of schedule opportunities and running into school buses and things like that. People suggested we adjust our times, and we've done that two times, just like we've adjust who's been willing to coordinate, which basically just means letting people know what's going on with the group. Again, reminding us that Friday, which is when we meet, fourth Friday of the month, we've had to change because library schedule, and sometimes we've even had to change the date or change the place, but that doesn't happen too So often. right now you're meeting every fourth Friday, and your times are, again? 2.30 to 4 o'clock. And you have a core group that comes every time, but people could be free to just come when they can, and if vacations or whatever takes them away, then the fact that they can't make it to the next meeting is quite all right. I usually contact people that week to say, let me know if you're coming or not coming. Because when we first meet and how we get involved in the book discussion, as people are flowing in, then I have a better idea. You know, that who's going to be here and this is not going to be here. And if they don't show up, kind of check on what's going on. Well, when you get into a flow in a conversation, how do you handle that? Do you lead that every time? Do you share that? Do you have questions already prepared? How does that work? Well, I do come prepared. I'm probably the one who's looked into the background of the author, the historical context of the book that we're reading, because I am interested because we get into books that are from antiquity. The world was so different then. And the same thing with the Middle Ages. And it's so interesting for some of us to have background of what was going on in that author's life that prompted him or her to create the work that we're looking at here in the 21st century. We might discuss, like with Paradise Lost and Milton, the conflicts politically that were going on in England at the time and how that influenced not only Paradise Lost but his other works too. The kind of political conflicts that we're having right now. Reading brings a certain wisdom, I think, at this point in life. Even if some of us are rereading some of these works that we may have done as undergraduates or another point, this particular group, we're not approaching it academically. Therefore, the input that the other members of the group in asking questions or reflecting stimulates other people to piggyback on that. And that's basically how we come up with ideas of what the next selection will be. Because a lot of our works span literature, but there's also scientific and psychological type work. That's because everyone comes from different careers, and their careers have influenced their worldviews and how they approach reading what they expect out of the group. Having been in a book club myself, I find it so interesting how the perspectives can vary from the different members. And I enjoy that aspect of reading a book in a book club because there are some perspectives that I was never aware of and never occurred to me until the discussion. And I always found that was so interesting to hear how other people perceive something that I may have completely missed. 
And this particular book group, and I'm in another book group, a neighborhood group, and they're completely different. Are they? And and that's what's so dynamic because the interest of what brings people to a book club or a book group is internal. It's reading is private. It's based on perhaps searching for answers to questions that individuals may or may not be aware of. When they come to the group, that allows them a time to share their reactions that they had. Although I might come in with certain questions, other people do too. I try to make clear that the whole burden of responsibility as to how the group goes is not mine alone. I mean, we're old enough, we're experienced enough, diverse enough to respect one another and the perspectives that people are sharing. I'm sure you must have some very interesting conversations. And the title, Great Books, can you describe what a great book is? What is a great books book club? Okay, you've opened Pandora's box on this one. (laughs) Way back when this group started, there were several discussions when the original members first came. It was, what kind of book group are we going to have? Because basically, when it was Emeritus College, we signed a sheet of paper, and those people who wanted to start a book group showed up. So the discussion for a couple of weeks there centered around the fact that those people didn't want to do popular literature. They wanted to stress more literature that made a difference, whether it was nonfiction or fiction. The work had a significant influence on the world at that time. Interesting. For some people, it was very important that the selections had passed the tests of time, which basically meant nothing contemporary. But over the years, we sort of changed that in interpreting that certain works we could see have influenced our culture of America. They may not have been great in the sense of the University of Chicago's expectations of what made a great book in the great books society as from the 1920s and the 30s, and the emphasis of the great books publications that came out. This group, as it has evolved, because of the discussions that we've had, people have said, well, what about a more contemporary book, as in Zora Neale Hurston's The Eyes Were Watching God, to a traditionalist that wouldn't have enough of heft to it, because it didn't pass the gift of time as in decades or generations. On the other hand, this writer and this book has been highly influential in our society, not only as for feminists and the African-American community, but looking at things having to do with ongoing universal issues of racism, language, patriotism even. We read that selection at the same time we read Martin Luther King's Birmingham Letters, being aware that these are works that are just as influential as the classics, important for people to understand. Absolutely. What are some other examples of some books that you've read in the past? Just a couple of them. Okay, to show that we have done traditionally classic <laughs> books, we've done The Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. That and is an old one. That is. You can't get a <laughs> older than that. Okay. And that was because one of the members interested in presenting at classes and his interest has been in searching uh, the influence of religion on society, and he's looked into ancient research on religions. It was his suggestion because he wanted to do Gilgamesh. What we've learned with a lot of these works that have had different translations isn't the right word in this case, but different interpretations. interpretations 
is how important the selection you're reading, although it might be Gilgamesh, the different authors in this case, their backgrounds and how they got influenced into looking at a work like this. Why they're writing what they're writing. This is so old that the presentation of that kind of work, whether it was poetic or prose, made a really big difference in filling in the idea of where Genesis comes from. And that's what this uh, participant was doing. It's Greg Hawk. He was showing the correlations with the Noah Ark story, with the Epic of Gilgamesh. And so when, after we finished reading these different pieces, he would ask us questions to get prepared for the class. It really opened our eyes because I don't think unless he had that interest, the rest of us wouldn't necessarily have gone to something that epic. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like you really look at your books through a variety of different things, form, structure, genre, how they contrast with today's situations, context, all kinds of things. Because I think all the participants are curious in their own way. There is no academic demand that everyone reads the same selection. So whether you found your book at Recycle Books or Amazon or Kindle, or you already had it on your bookshelf, you know, we approach it differently. And I think that's what makes the group vibrant and interesting and why, yes, sometimes people have to uh, not commit to the extent that maybe uh, the six of us who have been here the longest. But if you're that curious and that committed, then it's important to you to make it a priority. And someone could just come and see if that's for them. They might be very surprised at how good a fit it is for they a lot of be. different types of people because it sounds like you do read a variety of different things and you have, I'm sure, people from a variety of different backgrounds. Oh, definitely. The business world, the scientific world, the consulting world, the education world. It, it's not like when you're in a major and everyone tends to be coming from the same framework of personality interests. At this age, I think the book group, our book group, is committed because as senior citizens, we're looking for that social connection, too. And so the reading part, most of us have already mastered. It's the participation uh, which makes the difference. And not everyone with all the different selections, I know myself with the more scientific ones, when we did Spinoza's Ethics, that was way over my head. I could understand the, the rest of the, those individuals that that really resonated for, but that wasn't my bag. I appreciate it more that the other people took responsibility for that kind of writing. I was more interested in the historical ramifications for Spinoza because he was excommunicated from the Jewish religion at the time. So the politics and the history part of it perhaps resonated more for me, whereas the presentation of what Spinoza was showing <laughs> resonated for the more scientifically inclined. Well, you just touched on something that I think is a good case for membership in a book club. And that's the fact that for myself, for example, when I go to read a book, I'm drawn to a certain kind of book and I'll read those kinds of books and I will continue to read those kinds of books. But if I'm in a discussion group and different books are being selected, I'll read books that I may not have even chosen to read. And then also, when I read it, I find a lot of times when I'm in a discussion, then the book will be so much more meaningful to me. 
And that's exactly what happens. Perhaps those of us who are active participants will come in and didn't quite understand everything that was in that particular selection. Because of the questions that are generated from myself, some background I might may have looked into as to what was going on with that author at the time. And then other things that people remember, most of us will pigeon note the book in some way, uh, whether it was a particular comment or paragraph. The questions that come up because of everyone's different interests. Uh, there's a particular couple that come only six months out of the year because they're in California the other six months. The classics resonate for them as well as Russian literature. So we've read Pushkin's uh, Eugene Onegin. Dr. Eaton's background with this kind of literature really added a lot in pointing out what was going on with Pushkin mm -hmm. and the Russians at that time and why that work of the solitary man made a big difference for the Russian culture. I have read that involving yourself in intellectual pursuits can really help one with aging. Definitely. And I read some of those articles that talk about the research that's done with the social aspects of book groups. I think by this age, people believe that they have a certain amount of wisdom from life experiences as well as from reading, just normal, everyday type reading. In a book group, you're expected to push yourself, perhaps get out of your comfort zone in different ways. Even my neighborhood book group, and we read different And in what ways would that be? Well, I know for myself, it's speaking out. Okay. Okay, I'm much more comfortable with writing, expressing my thoughts on the page. The book group has push me in retirement to express myself verbally. So it's a confidence booster. Definitely. That's Definitely. awesome. I would think, too, just in terms of being able to articulate things well, that's a good brain practice at Definitely. any age. At any age. And, <laughs> and, you know, I could see since I've entered the senior citizen stage that the articulating is more difficult. Even this experience in itself has been a confidence booster on one side, but an anxiety producer on the other. Well, I'm a believer that it's always good at any age to be open to try new things. That's why I'm here. And particularly things that we're drawn to do. So, as in reading, you were drawn to do that. You were drawn into Emeritus at the time, and then it turned into Ollie, and you became very involved. You've also not only been the chair of this book group, but you're also co-chairing with Jonathan Hall, Ollie at UNT Theater Group. What does that involve? Well, theater is a fine art. It is dynamic in a different way than reading. When one makes the connections between that playwright's script and how it is portrayed on a theater, and it could be so different with that director's interpretation of what he's expecting or she's expecting from the actors, uh, that kind of dynamic broadens one's experience of relationships. All of this, to me, reading and theater, literature, it all does have to do with relationships. When we're reading, it's a solitary. But we are interacting with our own identity and what we are bringing to that page. When we're in a group, whether it is participating in a book group or participating in an audience watching a theater production, we are thinking analytically, I would imagine, 
as to what is that dynamic that is being portrayed for us. What is the element of staging and costuming and accessories? I mean, that whole interplay of those people, at least this is what it is for me, the individuals who choose to get up there and act and become another character and to the degree that they can portray where that playwright was coming from, establishing, yes, it's a fantasy world, but at the same time, if it is real enough that the audience or the reader can identify with the characters, then we learn something, hopefully. I think that's why writers write and playwrights write. It's because at the same time, they're using that gift that they have to express themselves, to show the world that this is where they're at, at this point, like right now in the neighborhood, but group we're reading educated Taro Westover's work. You can see in a work like that, that it is important for this individual to make a connection as to why thinking <laughs> is important, critical thinking in one's life. And it doesn't come, I think, naturally to everyone. But when one does it, it is so energizing it helps one feel alive. And I think as a senior citizen, any opportunity for that is wonderful. Absolutely. And I love your explanation of the similarities between both the groups you're involved in, the reading and the theater. And you certainly give people an opportunity to exercise their critical thinking skills and exercise their creative muscles, so to speak. That's right. And there's so many opportunities in our world to take advantage of being involved. There could be challenges that are holding some of us back from risk-taking, and I can understand that very much. But reading is about changing and pushing ourselves to take little risks is the only way we're going to be able to recognize that it's only through the risk-taking that we learn, that we grow, that we learn to be happy. And I would think, too, that your book club is a very safe place for someone to take that risk of expressing themselves. I'm sure that your book club members give each other the respect that they deserve when they're voicing their opinion on a book or an author and that's where the risk-taking comes in, because everyone involved in the group is coming from such different places that the ability to feel comfortable, I guess, is I expect everyone to be respectful. But there have been times when egos get involved, <laughs> because we are who we are at this age. If, if certain presentations become important in making a point, and our world has become so politicized that way that uh, we perhaps lose sight of the fact that our framework isn't necessarily where everyone's coming from. And if we have to feel in the competitive worlds, perhaps, to, that we have to prove <laughs> that, you know, our point is valid, the ability to step back and say, you know, this is <laughs> what's staying. Yeah. Uh, what's going on here, and not trying to be disrespectful, but that at the same time, this is important to me, and this is perhaps why I'm coming on this strongly about it. It sounds like a very, very interesting group 
to belong in and the UNT Theater Group. We spoke earlier in a podcast with Jonathan about, which sounds like an amazing opportunity for people who would like to explore that avenue. I think the great books is a book is wonderful. Sounds this incredible. area is growing so much, yes. and that's where the theater opportunities and the expertise of the thespians has changed over the years. I can imagine. And um, obviously being in a community with two universities helps a lot too. So Um, fortunate. Definitely, because we go to the plays at UNT and the ones at TWU. You have to be aware of what's going on there because they're short-lived. They're not like professional presentations. But anyone who could advantage themselves for those of the Denton Community Theater will be pleasantly pleased, I think, as to what's out there. Great. Well, thank you so much, Donna. Thank you for volunteering your time for Ollie. We certainly appreciate that. And thank you very much for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. This has been Susan Supak speaking at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of North Texas with Donna Zalisco-McLaughlin. Thanks so much for listening.